Hi everyone, welcome back to Conversations with Tita and Tiffany. We are a black girl and a white girl talking about black girl and white girl stuff. Our disclaimer is and always is that we um, are not diversity, inclusion, uh, anti-racism experts at all. We just want to bring you behind the scenes of the type of discussions that we have um, with amongst ourselves, but also with Tita's friends, with experts, so on and so forth. So this is raw, it's real, it's uncut. It's not edit. It's very, it's actually not really, we haven't edited anything. <laughs> it's not edited Nothing. at all. Uh, at all, <laughs> at all. So um, we were just chatting again before we got on and um, uh, thought it would be a really great idea to just, again, bring you behind the scenes of um, what it's been like for Tita growing up as a black woman, especially in a really white city like Seattle. I've heard a lot of her stories and then I realized, wait, 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 we should be sharing these stories with our listeners. Um, so you can really understand what it's like through looking through, um, putting aside as much as you can, your white lens um, and, and looking through the black lens of, of Tita's experience and boy, has she had a lot, um, a lot. And so she, she grew up in a, um, in a city and went to a school that was predominantly white. Um, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start from? Yeah. Cause we can do this in several different episodes, right? Yeah. Um, I guess. Like, what was your experience at school? Like what, what do you remember? What would, what would be like, one of your first experiences of racism or otherism or realizing that, Hey, I'm different. Yeah. Um, or I'm being treated different, you know? Right. Um, you know what? I would actually say where I really realized that I was different. I mean, I knew I was, my skin color was different color from like, my white, the, my white classmates. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you know, in kindergarten, I don't really recall. I mean, I feel like the teacher was, I love Mrs. Baker. I know she's long, long gone. Cause she was way older <laughs> when I was in kindergarten, but <laughs> I love Mrs. Baker. She was really good. And I feel like, um, I she's had white. A good, white. She's white. She was right. an older white, older white woman. I feel like I had a pretty good experience. I remember bringing my black dolls on, you know, when you share, um, and didn't have any, you know, I was felt natural, comfortable sharing, you know, my black dolls and stuff. And then maybe it was, um, first grade. I think I recall it was either first grade or second grade that I recall like, Hmm, how am I perceived? Because mm. I say that because I remember we got a new student who was um, from um, Vietnam, and she didn't. She did, you know she English obviously. Oh, wow. She didn't speak English, and yeah. so now she does. I mean, sure. I can see her. We're still connected and Facebook and all that. And um, but I remember she was new, brand new into the states, and she was like, teacher was like, oh, okay, this is, I won't say her name, but this is such and such. And I, who's going to like take care of her? Yeah. You know, because she doesn't speak English and she doesn't probably really understand. So someone who's just going to take her underneath the wing and just take care of her 
almost like to not bother us, like to just, you just take care of her. Right. And then she was just like, Oh, Tita, you just do it. Oh, and so you you saw back then. Yeah. So that was the first time that I kind of realized, like, you remember how Demetri also brought up like, Oh, the black, the help she can do it. She can take on that tough team. Right. We'll just get it to her. And so I'm just bringing it back. Like, huh. It was either first or second grade. I don't remember grade, but I remember, yeah. and I remember I was like, well, why does she, why was I just pointing out, take care of her? And I remember at that time looking around, cause I was trying to look around and be like, who, who else could, and then I was thinking, is it because she's not white and I'm not white? So then that was the, the first that time I... that I ever kind of really thought about it. That was the first time that it ever really came to me. That's really telling. Yeah. Really telling. Yeah. That was the first time. And so when, then, oh, yeah. When, when was your, um, when was your first experience of outright racism? My first experience was on the playground. Um, and I remember I was a very uh, competitive, like, right. I was, I was just athlete. That was just naturally just me. I like sports, playing sports. And so I was always competitive and um, so on the playground, um, whether it was like throwing footballs or even kickballs, like a lot of times the guys would play that. Well, there was me and this other gal that were more of athletes and so competitive. So we always would kind of play with them, um, these sports or whatever, these games we made up. And, you know, sometimes, you know, it gets competitive and, um, but then I also noticed that I felt like that when it got competitive and I ended up doing really well, yeah, um, that it wasn't perceived good. And I remember a student actually just straight up calling me the N-word. How old were you? And I was still in elementary school, so I was wow. probably about third, third or fourth grade, third. And I remember I got so pissed. Yeah. I, I just, I got so pissed. And, um, and, uh, I, I, well, yeah, I sort of like <laughs> attacked him with the ball. <laughs> it's like the ball. And I was like, call me that again. And I like pound him with it. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then I, then the, some of this, I don't know, he went and told, I don't know if he kind of got a little blood. I don't remember, but all I remember is I was sent to the principal's office and I got a yellow slip. Oh, because what happened, what happened to him? Was, oh, that's right. The- I, I don't know. So oh. when I kicked the ball, I remember then he came and started. And so we, I was kicking it. We were fighting. Wow. And, you know, I got sent to the principal's office and I got a yellow slip because of, um, fighting with him and because they said that I attacked him and beat him up all the other students were able they said that and oh and then, yeah and then the one friend was like that's not true and I guess they're like oh maybe because she was a girl I don't know oh you're just trying to stick up for her right so then I got the yellow slip and um, I think they called my mom and I remember I went home and I told my mom about it and she was like okay fine then I'm just I'll sign this because she's supposed to sign it but I didn't get reprimanded I didn't get in trouble or whatnot because she was like that's not okay and um 
but you know, yeah, but back then too, I think also, and like me now, I know like if that was my child and she or he came and had that experience, I definitely have gone to the school. Did go to the school, yeah. But I know too, my mom comes from a generation. Unfortunately, like you don't don't rock the boat, right? Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe. Totally. To not confront the situation and just kind of go with the status quo. Yeah, which and that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. I can get, which you can get. So um, I know you and I have talked a lot about um, your experience in Seattle, and you live in Orlando now. Um, mm-hmm. What is what's the differences between, say, Seattle and Orlando when it comes to racism, whiteism, colorism, all those sorts of things? Like, what do you well, notice? Well, the thing about it is, um, there's more uh, people of color here. Period. Yeah. Orlando, at least now in Orlando. So, um, yeah. like in Seattle, I know that blacks is probably like five percent, six percent. Here, it's probably in Orlando about 25 to almost 30%. Mm-hmm. So there's only like 50% whites in Orlando. And then the other 50% is more mixture of Black Americans, Islanders, um, Latin American or Puerto Ricans, right? Mm. So, so I think um, it's not... There's not really, I mean, you know, you still experience maybe some, a little bit of microaggressions, but I haven't really, I feel like since I've been here, I haven't really experienced like overt racism. I haven't really experienced where I can tell um, the white person is just a blatant racist, you know? Um, And I feel like here, just because there is more of us, I have a great circle of black women who are dynamic and um, really about sisterhood. Yeah. Not not even performance. I even think sometimes in Seattle because there is a lot of whitewash and because there's a lot of um, brainwashing that even some of the um, black women can get caught up in certain things with each other. But I think it's just because of the oppression there and just because of like um, the microaggression and then it just, it just basically that hampers your self-esteem and self-worth and then you kind of fight amongst each other. I don't get that experience here because a lot of these um, black women are, were raised in, you know, maybe more of a, a two-parent household and mm-hmm. in, like whether it's the South or maybe somewhere more on the East Coast um, or the Midwest and communities that were surrounded by um, Black people who carried each other, right? So more, in, more empowered by the sounds of it, like more, more mm-hmm. sisterhood, more brotherhood, more camaraderie, we're in this together. Yeah. Where, let's so talk, yeah. Oh, what, what, let's talk about um, whitewashed for a little bit. What, what does that mean? I don't know what the no, but what does it mean to you? You know, but what it to yeah. me is when you get caught up in false ideology about really what's going on. Because this is how I look at it. I remember one time my mom actually did say, 
that um and then because in Edmonds, i I'm, i know this happened to me too i know i end up getting a little whitewash here and there because as much as uh i remember my mom even telling me like um she had told me to watch myself because she's at the end of the day if it came to a racial or like a racial war war you think that these white girls and these friends are going to be there for you they're not mm. so but so that was her more saying, so be careful because you will get your feelings really hurt and disappointed when it wow. came to the end of the day of who's really going to be with you. So what I mean by that, I'm not saying you remember we were, I, we're I'm generalizing more so, yeah. but I get what she means. Like at the end of the day, um, more than not, if something transpire where it was like, to a white person, more of a normal, not one who's an activist and not one right. who really every is. day. Yeah, yeah, every day would probably more than not throw me underneath the bus if it's gonna protect them from being seen as an in lover or, you know, that type of thing. Or, so or, I, yeah, and also just like not understanding the hurt and harm that happens with just not saying anything is throwing you under the bus, right? Like there's not that sisterhood. There's not that camaraderie. There's not that I've got your back there because you're black and I'm white and I just don't, don't get it really don't get it and don't want to, and don't try to. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. And then a piece of that too, when I say whitewashes, I think it's just also um, knowing that at the end of the day, you're still looked at as a black person. So again, at the end of the day, whatever indoctrinations and whatever bias that um, more of the white race has, even if they are being your friend and good friend, or I have that black friend, yeah. be, you, still be mindful that you still are considered black and still probably not equal as them. So like an other other yeah like okay. other and i remember that happening in high school and stuff and with some of my white friends i remember at a uh, at a party and i do remember kind of like it stabbed me but i just kind of went with it um and like they're like oh we don't see you as you know a black person you know you're you're like you know you're like us you sound like us you um you know you're pretty though you're a pretty one you know oh, and, like uh, you're a white person like they're trying to make you like you're not black. You're you're actually one of us. You're white. I think it's honestly like how we've had people on our podcast say when you're watching the media, there's all that propaganda, and what do you see when you mainly see about blacks? You see them looking in their worst form. You see them being thugs. You see them being thieves. You see them um, being criminals. And you know those mug shots. They look horrible. Like they don't look good. So right. I think. So I know what I believe what they're saying is we see all that and that's what we know of black people. But when we look at you, we look at you different because you sound, you don't sound like them. You don't look like them. So we, you're more like us. You're more like us. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But they're not really accepting you because they, they're still looking at my race. (laughs) Differently, and they're, they're only accepting you on the premise that you're like them. Yeah, as long as they feel, as long as I'm with 
them in their environment. Right. I like, didn't really, I mean, some came to my household, but I mainly always went to their household. Right. I think so, that's a really important point. Like, I would imagine that happens a lot, like a lot, not just in high school, like in, yeah, you know, in adult world, in business, oh, yeah, in yeah. business, in corporations, right? Like, oh, you're okay because you're like us. You're not like other black, other black yeah. people. So therefore and, you, you're the, you're not the norm. So right. the more you're like us, the more comfortable we are. And, um, we're okay with, we're, we're good because we've got the token black friend or whatever. Right. And then there was always an assumption. And then, so there was the teachers. I, I knew that I was um, from teachers where I was treated differently. And, um, and then unfortunately mm. that played into my own oppression and then just accepted that, you know, I'm not conditioned. I'm not made to do well. So just kind of went along mm. with that as well. Mm. But I do remember a couple of times too in fifth grade and I, and she's dead. So I miss Anderson. <laughs> she, um, I remember we were talking about homes or gardens, gardens. I don't know. We were maybe some, it was maybe springtime. I don't know if we're doing something with gardens, but new flowers. And I had said, cause you know, my mom's from the South, right? She's from Louisiana, the deep South. And so gardening and they, they had a farm and, and the cotton fields. So um, that was also, and maybe there was a little bit of embarrassment too. Some t when I was a little bit younger to have people come over because I knew we had like this whole Southern thing in the backyard and Aww. felt like that we were like just farm, like we're the only black family in this spot. And then we have like all this gardening growing. <laughs> but, um, I remember talking about my mom's garden, our garden, and the teacher was like, oh, well, how, how did you guys, how are you guys fitting your garden in your apartment? And I said, oh, and I remember it threw me, I was like, apartment, what do you, what do you mean? I was like, we live in a house. And then I recall at that time, fifth grade, I was like, oh my gosh, she assumed that we're just, we just rent, like we don't have a oh house. Oh my God. Total or... unconscious bias just coming right out there. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 So there was things like that. And then, um, but then as I got older, it did become very problematic because, um, seeds were planted that, you know, I wasn't capable of this and that. And then you, I felt the pressure and I think this is really important. I had a lot of pressure from home to um, perform a certain way or to be a certain way because we were always watched and looked at. Oh God! As you know, this black family in this white uh, world, essentially, and so I had that pressure at home, and then I had the pressure of trying to assimilate and not being seen as the black girl in schools. But then oh God. It's her yeah. pressure of when they showed the times when they did show blackness, which was always again, um, it would be slave things and then it would like um, in middle school I had this teacher who we social studies 
And he, every time when it came to black affairs, it was always horrible and negative. And I remember feeling mm. so small and just hated being black and like literally in my seat, I can feel myself just kind of shrinking. And believe it or not, a student told their parent, I guess, about how much that she felt this teacher kept bringing up bad things about black people and that she had a black person in her class. Um, I'd be curious Good. to see what she's now. But she, so anyways, her parents did call the school and then Wow, you that's get, great. I get three, but I get three administrators in two um, black, I mean, two white men, and then I think it was a white lady who called me in, didn't call my parents or anything, and, or my mom, you know, and uh, asked, asked me if I felt like um, that the teacher was just talking bad about black. Oh, wow. And, and what did you, do you remember what you said? I really don't because I think I was just so like yeah. I didn't know where it came from and I didn't have no idea and I found out you know a little bit later but I was just like uh and you probably didn't want to rock the boat right like you were probably no, yeah oh no, because then it was every time yeah every time something would happen and then because I had a stepdad that just when I mean, you talk about whitewash okay he's a mm. C student completely so I had this stepdad that always anytime that I would try to bring what has happened or if a teacher or something it was it was me I was being probably the in his terms it really would be more like probably more of the angry black women or the 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 just giving them lip or you know whatever so that's why uh. I was you know pinpointing it I mean, but then Mr. Jones too in my math class, and middle school is the worst that I experienced really, um, where I really experienced the mass racism. Besides that fifth grade when I was chased by a mob of white students and uh, calling me the N word. I'll go back to Mr. Jones, but fifth grade was very traumatic for me in a lot of ways. I had a teacher that just assumed that you know, we were, um, even though we were lower class, we, you know, we had a house and all this stuff, but assume that we were just poor or whatnot. And then, um, I had a, his name was, um, Daniel and he was able to get a group of kids, whatever. I was walking home and they're chanting in, 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 whatever, just kept walking. And then, um, I guess, he was getting upset that it wasn't affecting me, right? And I just kept walking. And so he finally ran up in front of me and spit on me. Oh. And then that's when I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't even remember what happened. All I know is my backpack came off and I remember punching him. <laughs> and then I do remember blood because then the kid, because I'm talking to kids, right? Because I don't see mess with Tita. Then they, yeah, and then they like, you know, they shift in. They're like, oh my God, you got punched by a girl. And I just picked up my backpack and I left. And then I went home and when I went home, I was, you know, hysterical. And oh, um, I don't, again, I, you know, my mom, you know, all, it was just like, you know how they're going to be. And you just, 
I'm glad like you just accept it or was it not it wasn't like just accept it but it was like what can we do oh. there's all down there you know it was just like and then I remember at that time too I was like what what is this why are we here and I do remember why we were here. And then I think I just became numb. And, you know, I have this whole bubbly personality. And that came back later. And I think really after that, especially in middle school, when Mr. Jones, I was having challenge with math. And actually, it come later in life, I do have a disability. A, I'm um, high level autistic, right? And then I have a sensory thing. But a piece of that is the, the math. This, this math calculation thing, which is kind of odd because I can do complex, but it was as simple as I learned later after I've gone through depression and after I went through therapists and actually after I went through some studies, um, I learned that the simple problems was traumatic or yeah, well, I couldn't Triggering? do the simple problems. Yeah, I couldn't do the simple problems, but I could do the complex. It was just the way my brain was white, whatever, or the way my brain is white. But so there were some simple things I memorized having challenge with, but I didn't know I'm in middle school. And, and most schools, because I now I go back to even fourth grade. I remember fourth grade having challenges and, and third grade. And I remember the teachers would say, she's not doing her work. She's just being lazy and stuff like that. So then the I would get, and so my mom would be like, oh, okay. And then she would yell and scream at me like, you got to do your math, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I was having obviously a disability, but there was other students I know who were getting extra attention, extra care, but they're white. So I do feel like that I was just kind of pushed to the side because I was just a black girl. And Mr. Jones confirmed it in seventh grade when he said, I'm not going to try to keep trying to show you this because your race just doesn't excel. I'm not even going to put my, I don't know exact words, but that's, that's what basically you were telling me like, wow, you don't matter to me. I, I, I just like, I want to circle back on all of that stuff, but I want to circle back to a point where you were talking about how, um, well, our teenage years are so inform informative, right? Like you're going through this place of like, who am I and what do I stand for? And like, I remember myself, like in my teenage years, like from 14 to even 18, 19, 20 going, who, who am I? Like, right. And I feel like we, we always have that, you know, but to have that layer of like being an, being a young girl, trying to figure out who you are in the world and then have those multi-level layers of your own parents saying to you, you know, kind of like, you know, be quiet and fit in and that's just the way it is and there's nothing we can do about it. And so you're suppressing who you are whilst you're trying to figure out who you are. That's like long-term, multi-level, like I can relate on, on some level, but then you add all those layers of like not being able to really identify with your own identity because it's seen as less than or bad or, and you've constantly got people around you all the time telling you that basically you're not good enough. You're not worthy, right? Because of the friggin' color of your skin. How the heck do you figure out 
who you are, right? Like it takes a strong person. And that's what I love about all the black people that I have in my life are so strong, right? Like so resilient and just like so strong and um, so proud, you know? And I think that that in itself just says so much about your culture um, on so many levels because I can't even imagine what it's like you know, to have so like a whole society, a whole culture, the country that you've been born in telling you that you're a certain way, like trying to find your identity through that is just, it's nuts. Yeah. I know you've got, you've got a meeting in a minute. So yeah. I want to call but this. There's a lot of trauma. Oh, sorry. But yeah. there, we can, we can always continue though. We will. We will. There's so more. Even though we are so, you know, we, we come across strong there's still a lot of masking and there's a lot of trauma. Like I finally just mm. within a couple of years really been able to work through my Point. traumas and tragedies of growing up in Edmonds and just how all that played out. Cause we, we can go into high school. I just was interviewed um, a couple days ago yeah. by a high school class on diverse voices and my experience in high school, even for, what I was suspected after high school mm. compared to my white counterpart um, was drastically different. And then how that played into my twenties from all that trauma and what I experienced. So there's definitely um, race trauma, racism, trauma that oh, I, the, you know, blacks experience. And, um, yeah. and it does take a lot of work to, work through. So I look forward to sharing what I experienced, especially as an adult, because of those formative years from kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade, where I was almost the only black person in the class. Yeah. Okay. So let's call this part one. Okay. It's definitely going to be a part two, because I feel like we could talk about this for hours and even the stories I'm hearing again, just like, it's, it's, it's good to hear. It's a reality. So, all right. How can, how, how can they find us? Well, you can find a black girl, a white girl at IG. So a black girl, a white girl, or you can go to our website, black girl, white girl conversations.com. And please go to our website because you can get to our YouTube channel from there. Subscribe. And subscribe, yes, because then we can get a unique URL. And I know you all want us to have a unique URL, so please subscribe. And or you can listen to us on iTunes or Spotify. And also subscribe to our newsletter. Why? Because we provide great content. Resources, all the fun stuff. All the fun stuff. And we're all about awareness, accountability, and action and conversation obviously so um share share if you're getting value out of this like we just ask you to share this with those that you feel like will also get value so we can really add to the conversation um start being deep listeners and really work towards a world where there's no freaking racism can you imagine what that would be like oh my god girl is being chased at 10 years old being called in and spit on yes we this is that's where we want to eradicate i secretly love that you punched him i don't secretly love i love that you punched him <laughs> so you 
All right, everybody. Thank you. All right. Goodbye.